Hi, Mr. Costanza. What's, uh... Where's your friend, Kramer? I don't know why. Because I'm looking for him, that's why. He stopped short. Well, what do you mean? In a car with my wife. He stopped short. You think I don't know what that's about? That's my old move. I used it on Estelle 40 years ago. I told everybody about it. Everybody knows. Mm, I stopped short. <laughs> really? Stopping short? That's a good move. You're not kidding. That's a good move. Hey. Hey, Frank. Don't frank me. I know what you did. How dare you stop short with my wife? Come on, Frank, relax. I don't even know what you're talking about. Think I don't know? Ashman! <laughs> to think, I almost split the profits on the man's ear with you. Bro. Man's ear! Bro! Man's ear! Well, I don't want to be a secondary character. Hello there, and welcome to another week of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. I'm Stephen. And I'm Ivan. Hey, folks. And uh, this week we're getting a bit silly. We're getting a bit pasta. Yes. We are doing season six of The Silly Jerry. Oh, boy. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to fall on one of those like uh, poor Frank, you boy. No, Jeez, no. Jeez, that was a bit bit rough, wasn't it? No pasta statue <laughs> up the ass, thank you. If I wasn't there, I wouldn't have believed it. I only enjoy pasta <laughs> coming out of my bum after I've eaten it. <laughs> yeah, once it's all fully digested and processed. Yeah. You know, all the... All the uh, glucose and all the other, you know, vital things that your body needs gets drawn from it and the rest of the waste comes out. That's right. That's the best part. Thank you for over-describing the digestion process. <laughs> if, you know, if someone was to make a model of you, what pasta would they make? You know, I thought use? of this yeah. uh, this afternoon when I was doing notes. Ravioli? I actually went to... No, 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 because that's for George. <laughs> yes. It has to be unique to me. Yes. Uh, I went to Wikipedia and looked up pasta uh-huh. and there was a list of all of these different pasta shapes. At least half of them I hadn't heard of before because they're probably unique to Italy. Yeah. Uh, you know, and not available commercially outside of Italy. <laughs> yeah. And they're probably regional as well, like a lot of other Italian food. Here I am telling you the Italian about Italian food. I don't know many regions of Italy's food. So, true, you know. true, 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 true. Yeah. Um, and I think I picked uh, Tagliatelli. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just like that name. I just is, like the way it sounds. Is that the long thin penne style pasta like no, it's, it's long and thin with the holes like tiny holes at the end no no no, no. it's no, kind of no. like a thinner fettuccine oh yeah imagine okay. if you got a strip of fettuccine and cut it in half yeah that's a tagliatelle okay yeah mine would be the spirals because okay. i'm a twisted guy true <laughs> true but isn't that too close to facili facili is quite a, a spirally pasta yeah it's corkscrew true but yeah not quite uh spirals true 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 yeah yeah <laughs> either tagliatelle or tagliarini for me mostly because i just like the way those words sound yeah the shapes are just flat strips but yeah <laughs> anyway if you uh have a pasta that you think that we should be get in touch with us our email address is bidwabask b-i-d-w-b-a-s-c podcast at gmail.com we've got a website bidwabask.com we're on all socials just search at bidwabask yeah pretty much and uh, we're on patreon as well yeah we uh, are patreon.com forward slash bidwabask and if you are a patreon subscriber you get access to this episode one week earlier than everyone else that's right and you also get access to our season 10 which is our hypothetical uh 10th season of seinfeld that picks up uh in 2018 20 years after the uh finale of uh, the original run yes that's correct and uh finally you can listen to this podcast you can rate us review us subscribe to us uh and do whatever you want to us or with us or for us on any <laughs> podcast service spotify itunes google play we're all there uh talking about seinfeld secondary characters a million to one shot doc a million to one a million to one indeed who are we talking about today ivan oh who well actually we are talking about the secondary characters from the facility jerry 
uh, from Season 6, Episode 20. Some secondary characters that I have notes for is uh, Dr. Cooperman, a.k.a. the OG ass man. The real ass man. The real ass man. Uh, Nancy Clopper, George's episode girlfriend. Also, I've got some notes on the clerk from the DMV. According to the state of New York, you are the ass man. Yes. Yes. I've also got some notes on the security guard. Uh, I've got some notes on Sally, uh, Dr. Bakersall, uh, mm-hmm. and um, just a few notes on Putty, Frank, and Estelle in this episode, because uh, we have covered them in their own uh, What's the Deal with episodes in the past, so go back and listen to those if you want to um, listen to our deep dive on those characters specifically. Yes, so let's make some pasta-shaped figurines, let's get eye jobs, and uh, let's get into the episode, huh? Seinfeld News? Sounds good. So, for the final Seinfeld of news for 2018 for our Patreon subscribers, and the first Seinfeld news for 2019 for our for everyone else for our cheap ass <laughs> non Patreon. Oh, no, not cheaper. No, you're still you're still supporters and you love us, but you know maybe not enough to give us a dollar or two, but it's fine. Yeah, as long as you know you're enjoying what what we you're uh, hearing and stuff, and you know if you have time to give feedback, that's all we want. I meant cheap ass as a term of endearment. Oh, Where I'm from, okay. cheap ass means something totally different to everywhere else. Right, okay. I, <laughs> I just don't want our subscriber numbers to suddenly go... Yeah. No, they'll go from not much to none. Yeah. Won't make a difference. All good. Anyway, uh, Jerry has weighed in on the recent Kevin Hart Oscars uh, controversy. Yes, and isn't that interesting because he put this uh, this comedy thing on Twitter 10 years ago... And apparently that was enough to uh, knock him off as the Oscars host. Do you think someone had an agenda against him? Maybe. Yeah. I have a feeling that, because this has happened to a couple of comedians in the last few months, uh, it feels like people, you know, dig deep into people's Twitter history or social media history to find something to hold against them now. Yeah. I mean, because people change and stuff as well. Yeah. And I guess we, like the whole concept of jokes in comedy is a totally different subject, which, you know, which would take hours to kind of divulge and talk about. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's such a complicated issue of, different kettle of fish. you know, yeah. when jokes are appropriate and who, you know, what defines offence and da-da-da-da-da. Um, interesting, though, interestingly, though, the Oscars didn't remove Kevin Hart. Public pressure more or less forced him to remove himself. So, I, I think if he didn't remove himself, he still would have been hosting the Oscars. Yeah. But he thought it was best to do it for, you know, for PR or whether he just thought it was the right thing to do. No one really knows. But but Jerry weighed in on the um, on on the controversy and he told Sunday Today that the Academy Board is scrambling to find a replacement because yeah. Kevin Hart, I'm not really a fan of his comedy, but he's a very charming and charismatic and uh, entertaining kind of MC. So, you know, he, I think he was a good choice regardless of what he yeah. tweeted 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, he also said that Kevin is in a position, because he's a brilliant comedian, to kind of decide what he wants. Um, he doesn't have to step down, but he can. So, like I said, he did it of his own volition. And uh, apparently the Academy are now sort of, you know, not sure of what to do. They don't think that they can replace him with anyone as good or as popular on such short notice. So it's kind of screwed over a few people. Yeah. yeah. And I find it shocking because when I first heard the news, I thought it was something he mentioned recently. Mm. Then I thought, oh, okay, fair enough. But yep. it's like 10 years ago. It's a bit... Yeah. I, no, it's a bit rough. Yeah, I mean, I think people on those... change. I know. think, yeah, I mean, I think on those sorts of things, if something does, you know, some demon from your past or something that can be held against you now that you said or did in the past comes back, I, I think it's important to address it, to say, well, look, that was then and this is now. But at this stage, you know, in this particular circumstance, uh, yeah, it does seem a bit like the the punishment doesn't fit the crime. Yeah. Even though he chose to, 
um, it still feels like he bowed down to public pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if he addressed this, this, the the statements in his own statement, yeah, um, you know, and acknowledged them, or even sort of did a video or something, I think that was a fair enough. That was enough. You know, yeah, it's not like he's still spouting homophobic shit now. No, no, no. Um, yeah, but you know, that's the age we live in, where consequences now. Uh, you know, as severe for things that happened in the past. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. There's, and there's whispers that they might use either multiple hosts or no hosts. Yeah. So they'll just get the different actors coming out to do different bits. Um, have you seen that Twitter campaign to try and get Hannah Gadsby to be the host? Uh, no. The, the, the Tasmanian comedian who did uh, Nanette, oh, that no. Netflix special? No. Last, this year or last year? No. No, no. But, yeah, people like on the internet are saying, oh, here's a worthy replacement. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense. She's she's popular. The first Aussie since Hugh Jackman to host the Oscars. Huh. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, she's mm. popular. Yeah. Kind of makes sense from mm. a from a I guess a, a a commercial point of view. Yeah, she's got a lot of cachet. Yeah. She's you know she's done well from Nanette. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Who knows? I don't really pay much attention to the Oscars. I stopped caring about it when I was fifteen. Yeah. I I think it's just a bunch of old men who are out of touch. Kind of like most major commercial ceremonies, like the Grammys. Yeah. You know, people lose their shit when when. Some irrelevant artist gets a gets an award, yeah, you know, and they just say, "Oh, it's just a bunch of old dinosaurs who don't know what's actually going on." So, what was the moment for you where you thought, "Oh, the Oscars are shit"? Um, I, I, I've never really paid enough attention to think that they're they were ever good for yeah. them to then be shit. Yeah, I've never really cared. I've always like, "Oh, yeah, that that Oscar won the best movie." Interesting. Five minutes later, couldn't care less. For me, it was when Brokeback Mountain lost Best Picture. Yep. Crash won. Like, Crash had a, had a good message about racism and, you know, stuff like that. That was the film where it was a compilation, or not a compilation, but a bunch of it was like, disparate events that yeah. were kind of interrelated. They were kind of interrelated, yeah. yeah but it, it was, like, it was a, a good message about racism and, and, like, you know, racial, you know, inequality and stuff. But it was just, I don't know, Breakback Mountain was just the better film. Yeah. You know? Breakback Mountain is an incredible film. And they reckon that maybe the award you know because at the time 2005 mm-hmm. I bet you if Breakback Mountain was released in 2018 it would probably it win would the probably Oscar. sweep the probably Oscars, sweep yeah. yeah but because probably because back then you know it was like oh gay two gay guys oh, yeah. well, they can't win yeah I remember know. the controversy around Breakback yeah. Mountain yeah, when yeah, it was yeah, released yeah. it was just it was like, such a great film oh, it's amazing great. love story yeah it's I mean it's, it is just a love story who yeah. cares if it's two men or two women or heterosexual couple who gives a shit or sh- Shape of Water one you know amphibious creature and a woman yeah. and, and a mute woman you know who cares yeah exactly <laughs> but like we said about Kevin Hart it's you know that was the time this is now yeah things change yeah uh, second bit of Seinfeld news. Uh, daughter of Larry David, Cassie David, who I mentioned a few weeks ago. So she's with John Mayer? No. No. no, no okay. not <laughs> about, there were rumours, weren't there? No, no. Yeah. Not, about, not about her <laughs> supposed and then uh, found out to be fake relationship fake with news. John Mayer. Fake news. Uh, Cassie yeah. David has scored herself a book deal. Oh, excellent. In 2020, she'll be releasing a book called No One Asked For This. It's a humor. It's a collection of humorous essays, and uh, it will cover a bunch of un- unique uh, topics and neuroses. Um, that come with the territory of growing up extremely rich, extremely famous, and extremely Instagrammable. So it sounds terrible already. I am not going to read it. Oh, well. Yeah. Good luck to her. It's just like, I'm rich and people know who I am, so I'm going to write a book about it. What are you saying? Nothing. I'm sure Larry will buy every copy in existence and it'll become a New York Times bestseller. Probably. Probably manipulate the list. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. What a waste of paper from someone who's just a rich daughter of someone who's awesome. Well, if it's an e-book, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's true. Yeah, true, true, true. And that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Very good, Steve. Uh, when we come back, we'll have a very short break. We're going to start talking about the secondary characters from Season 6, Episode 20, The Fusilli Jerry, an episode which I really enjoyed a lot. Uh, Steve? Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Uh, another episode, like last week. I hadn't seen this one in a long time. 
and I remember bits from it, but uh, uh, yeah, it filled in a lot of gaps of my memory, and uh, yeah, it was very pleasant. Yeah, we'll be right back. Hello, folks. Matt McCoy here, a.k.a. Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld, and I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character. Steve, we're talking about the Facili Jerry from Season 6, so should I get stuck into the uh, synopsis? Yeah, sure, go for it. Cool. First aired in the US on April 27, 1995, directed by Andy Ackerman and written by Marjorie Gross, Jonathan Gross, Ron Hogg, and Charlie Rubin. Elaine starts dating David Putty. So this is the first time we see Putty uh, in, in uh, Seinfeld. Pretty is cool. he mentioned in previous episodes ever? I don't believe so, no. no this is his first mention and uh, appearance, yeah. Because Jerry says that he's like an old friend mm. of his. Yeah. But I, I don't think he's ever been mentioned. Mm. No, no. So it's his first time we see him in the series. Uh, he's played by, of course, Patrick Warburton. Um, during their first night in bed, Putty performs a sex move which she recognises as Jerry's, except with a pinch but not a swirl. Jerry's appalled when he hears about this. He goes to chew Putty out and find someone else to look into his car. Putty's upset that he can't do the move. He called me a hack. So he uses George's old move, which involves a knuckle. No, David, not the knuckle. Did this move involve a knuckle in any way? Yeah. That's my move. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry suspects that his new mechanic is overpricing the repair bill on his car. $2,800. Ooh, I am getting ripped off. (laughs) So Elaine asks Putty how much he charges, proving Jerry's theory. He ends up taking the car back to Putty. George is desperate for a new move, and he asks Jerry to learn his. He tries it, but he forgets to save the swirl for the end. The swirl is the most important bit. The ending's the most important part. Eventually, he gets it right, but he's dumped shortly after when his girlfriend Nancy, played by Marla Sucharesca, noticed that he wrote down the move on his hand. Crib notes? You're sick. This is sick. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, Kramer goes to the DMV for his new license plate. To his surprise, the plate reads Ass Man. He suspects that the plate was meant for a proctologist and uses this theory to his advantage by parking in a doctor's only spot when he goes to pick up Estelle Costanza. The plate also scores him cat calls from passing drivers and a date with a big-bottomed woman named Sally, played by Judith Shelton. Estelle gets an eye job on the condition that she cannot cry for ten days. When Kramer drives her home, he runs over a pothole and pushes his arm onto her, which she recognises as her husband Frank's move, stopping short. And I love how Frank does the moves. He's like, he puts his arm out to his right, and then he gets his hand underneath, his left hand, and kind of cups underneath. He's like, stopping short. Isn't that him changing gears? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, stopping short. Stopping short. I thought it was something else. Yeah. <laughs> It could be interpreted as that. It could be interpreted. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Frank's upset at uh, Kramer doing the move, and he finds Kramer at Jerry's apartment. A fight ensues, causing Frank to land on a Fusilli Jerry, a pasta statue made by Kramer that resembles Jerry doing a stand-up routine. Million to one shot, Duck. Million to one. Million to one. That's what they all say. Later, when the gang takes Frank to a proctologist named Dr. Cooperman, played by Lou Cuttle, a Kramer spots a picture of a boat called Ass Man. He finally found the doctor who's supposed to have the plate. That night, Frank and George come home from the proctologist, and Estelle gets so overwhelmed that she starts to cry, but George quickly, yet probably too late, reminds her not to. 
And I love her reaction when she's like, you're not supposed to cry. And she's like, I can't help it. <laughs> but your operation. Oh. And she just realizes it. She's like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> no, like uh, like last week, Jerry and Estelle are on fire in this episode. Oh, they sure are. Uh, other secondaries include Yvette Cruz as the DMV clerk. Jeff Coopwood plays the security guard who uh, is told by Dr. Cosmo Kramer that he's in proctology. And Apollo Dukakis plays Estelle's eye doctor, Dr. Bakersol. Oh, he's very good. That's right. Yes. Uh, episode trivia. The uh, first one I have is there were a few working titles for the episode. One was The Move. The other was The Proctologist. And uh, the third was The Ass Man. Which was rejected by NBC straight yes, away. because yeah. of the ass, the ass. I guess. I, I guess ass. I guess at the time, ass on TV was a bit still a bit taboo. Probably in the episode title yeah. as well. I mean, they can say ass. They can show it on a license plate, but for some reason, as the title of the show, it's too controversial. Yeah. Very strange. And and this is, episode is a perfect example of Seinfeld, like they've done with the contest and like they've done with the mango as well as other episodes, mm. using less but with more impact. Yep. So you don't know... Like I was trying to picture in my head what the move is. It's like, do you have a headboard? Yeah. Is it padded? No? Good. I'm trying to think what the move could be. It's like, I tried picturing it in my head. Well, But it's wh- just amazing how, like, Seinfeld makes you use your imagination. Well, it's pretty easy to figure out what can you swell with and what do you use a knuckle with. <laughs> you know, it's obviously oral sex or something. Or and, something. and digital sex. And digital sex, yeah. Yeah. Um, what? Digital, like your fingers. Oh, yeah. Is that what that is? Or was it oral? Di- I'm guessing it's oral sex. Okay, I mean, yeah. you swell with your tongue. You yeah. can't swell with... What else do you fuck someone with? Your dick, <laughs> your foot, your hands. I know. You know what I mean? Like it's always. Obvi- I got no idea. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously supposed to be oral sex. Yeah. Or something that ends with oral sex. You know, the counterclockwise swell. There's a knuckle. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's, a fist. Yeah. <laughs> well, some people are into fisting. Oh, that's all good. Oh, good luck to them. Good luck um, to them. I was going to say, I did mention previously, this is the first appearance of David Putty, and he would appear in ten more episodes and become a prominent secondary character particularly in Elaine's story arc that's right yeah. and we have covered him on a what's the deal with episode we did that with Stacy we sure did last season back in season 4 or, that's right oh so was it season 3 season 3 or 4 I think it was the previous season yeah eh, you'll find it something like that we'll figure it out. Uh, another bit of trivia towards the end of the episode where Frank uh, where Frank falls on the facilitary sculpture mm-hmm. uh, and it gets lodged up his bum mm-hmm. uh, in the shot right after that um, Jerry's seen holding the sculpture um, oh, I did notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, unless, um, unless if Kramer made another one. Well, <laughs> it's so in, in, in the normal cut, the normal airing, it, it would be considered a blooper. Yeah. Um, or just a mistake. But in the deleted scene, there's uh, one where, well, in the, I guess, the DVD cut or in deleted scenes, you see Jerry picking up the facility Jerry after Jerry's gotten up. So, hang on. I'll so say Jer- that again. So, 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 so Jerry, so, so Jerry, so Frank, Frank falls on it. Yeah, he gets up. Yep, and it must fall out or something. And in the deleted scene, Jerry picks it up oh. after Frank has fallen on it. But they probably but thought then, it was funniest that it's lodged up his ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then no, they no, forgot to. Cut no, no. It. The way mean? I understood it, yeah, yeah, is because yeah. it's written quite vaguely. But mm-hmm, what yeah. I think it means is that in the normal cut. Uh, Frank falls on the facility, Jerry. It's yep. lodged up his bum. Yeah. But then the next scene, you see Jerry holding it. So you would consider that oh, a mistake. Oh, must have fallen out. Oh, oh yeah, gotcha. But in yes, the deleted yes, scene, yes. there's a bit where I'm guessing Frank gets up, maybe it falls out, or they pull it out, oh. and then Jerry's holding it. Yeah. So in the in the in the deleted scene, it would just be normal. I think they probably wanted to wrap up the ass man plot. They probably, probably wanted to kind of link them together. So mm. they're like, let's take Frank to a proctologist. Oh, I just realised that is that supposed to be a link as well because. A facility Jerry up the ass. He's kind of the ass man. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, no, no, because I, I thought because um, Kramer mentions at the start, you know, he mentions earlier in the episode that if you meet a proctologist at a party, just sit down and you're going to have a good time. Yeah. And, you know, the proctologist will tell you stories about people mm. getting things stuck up there and they'll always say, oh, oh it was a million to one shot, million to one shot. True, true, and I think true. they kind of wanted to link it yeah. to a proctologist. Yeah. That's probably why they thought, oh, look, well, they need a reason for, for, for Frank, Frank to go to the go. Which, yeah. If something's stuck up there and it falls out, what's the point in going? True. You know? Yeah. One of the jokes of the proctologist is like they take stuff out of your bum. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's kind of three ass men in this in this episode. There's Kramer, there's uh the doctor, the original ass man, and Frank in a way is an ass man. He he's got a he did a move on a stealth forty years ago. That's true. Oh, and he's got a thing up his ass. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking from that point of view, he's kind uh, of the ass man. Well he's the thing up the ass man. Jeez. Jeez, Kramer <laughs> must have really stuck that facilion really well. Mm. You think it would have like fallen apart. Yeah. He must have used super glue or something. <laughs> don't know, don't know. I mean old past old stale past can be quite hard. Oh it can, yeah. Yeah, so who knows? How, how good is it when they're in the proctologist's waiting room? And then Jerry's like corkscrew pasta, and they'll move in their seat. Yeah, they all adjust. How good is that? They're like in unison, they'll yeah, adjust. Yeah. That is good. <laughs> that is corkscrew, yikes. Um, and oh, I was going to say, uh, fusilli, for those who don't eat pasta or don't know much about pasta, fusilli is a variety of pasta formed into corkscrew or helical shapes. Um, the word fusilli probably comes from fuso in Italian. Uh, as traditionally, it is spun by pressing and rolling a small rod over the thin strips of pasta to wind them around in a corkscrew shape. There you go. There you go. How would you say fusilli if you were speaking in Italian? Would it be fusilli? Fusilli. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fusilli. Fusilli. Fusilli, Steve. Fusilli, Jerry. Fusilli, Jerry. Nice. Let's yes. talk about some secondary characters. All right. Ask man. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Cooperman. Yes, played by actor Lou Cuttle. He's known for appearing in the films Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure, and Wedding Crashes. That's right. Yeah. Three excellent movies right there, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I've never seen... I, I've seen Wedding Crashes. I think I've seen Honey, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, that's a classic. That's an 80s classic. Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kids, kids movie, yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so Rick good. Rick Moranis. Pee Wee... I'm not really a fan of Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, me either. Yeah, never... Bit too childish. Uh, yeah, just never really vibed with me. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so Cooperman is a proctologist. And he clearly has a good sense of humour. He does. I love it. And I reckon he uh, he chases tail in his spare time. I think he does. Or maybe in his younger years he used to. You know, he's going through med school and stuff. Probably. Oh, he probably still does now. Yeah. But yeah, he's the ass man. Yeah, I mean, even yeah. though he's not very physically attractive, he's a short, stocky man and, you know, he's balding and he's not, you know, he's not tall and good looking or anything like that. But the fact that he's a doctor and I think just his confidence of having a license plate that says ass man would be attractive to a lot of people. Oh, yeah, you know, Just that I don't give a shit, I'm an ass man, and, and people would be... Are you a donkey farmer? Oh, yeah. no, I'm proctologist. No, that's an, that's an ass, not an ass. <laughs> ass man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he does pretty well as a proctologist. I mean, you know, it's reasonable to assume that most doctors would be paid pretty well, but I think he does a bit above well. Well, maybe he, imagine he's got his own stuff. boat. Well, Kramer, he has his own boat called the Ass Man, and mm. uh, Kramer mentions that people get stuff stuck there all the time, or mm. up there all the time, without, you know, wanting to admit it. So, you know. I could imagine him, and this has just occurred to me now, I could imagine him doing uh, sort of off-the-books medical work for, like, organised crime or something like that. Why? Why makes you say that? You know, you know, in, like... Is that why he got kickbacks for the boat? No, 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 no. <laughs> just, just the fact that he's a bit unconventional or he plays loose and oh, fast okay. and loose with the rules. I never saw it that way. No. I don't know. Okay. Not, he's not dodgy or anything. I um, think he's a cool guy. Yeah, no, he's a cool guy, but yeah. I could just imagine him doing... I don't know. It just that that visual just occurred to me, oh, where okay. you know, yeah. like if if a uh, if a uh, if a uh, if a mafia guy got shot in the bum, 
I could imagine him removing the bullet and doing it off off the records and off the books and getting paid cash or something oh, like that. Okay, no, yeah. my <laughs> that thought never crossed my mind. Well, okay, that's the point of the show. Indeed. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else about him? Uh, no, I just think he's a really funny guy. Got a great sense of humour and uh, he loves ass. Yeah, working with it and uh, and chasing it for sure. So good. For working him. with it and working with and it and working with it, working yeah. on it. <laughs> no knuckles. No, no knuckles for that one. <laughs> no swells. No swells are fine. Indeed, Nancy Klopper. Yep, played by Marla Skuteretska. Uh, Sukaretska, sorry, are known for appearing in the film's road trip as the sperm bank nurse, uh, the station agent, and the fan. He's, she's also appeared, rather, in episodes of Law & Order SVU. That's the most important part of her credits. Indeed. The Good Wife and Damages. Yes. Mm. I love how unsatisfied and just disappointed she is with George's sexual prowess or, prowess or lack of it. I think, yeah, I think those two go together well, mm. you know, as in, like, with friendships, you know, they get together well emotionally, conversationally, but I think sexually something's a bit off. Yeah. You know, now, she's an attractive woman, so, you know, George usually picks up attractive women. Yep. Um, and I, I just think sexually they need a bit of work. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Obviously, nice. yeah, the other, the, other, the other parts of their relationship have to be popping if the, if the sex is so bad. Because at yeah. the start of a new relationship, unless... Everything else is awesome and the sex is bad. I don't think most people would stick around. No. They go, this sex sucks. I don't have to put up with this. No. I have no emotional attachment to this person. See you later. Pretty much. Yeah, but their, their non-sexual time is probably really great. And it's a bit hard for me to kind of tell, like, what she does in her day job and stuff. Because yeah. every like she's in two scenes, but we see her in bed. Yeah. Two, the, I think three scenes. And I'm and pretty she's sure she's in bed. And I'm pretty yeah. sure they're both in George's apartment. Yeah. Cause yeah, I didn't, it's I didn't, George's apartment, yeah. I, He's got the New York... I didn't realise how much Yankees merchandise oh, he has. Yeah, Everything is just Yankees. Well, he worked Yankees. for the Yankees at that time. But still, yeah. like pillowcases, linen, oh, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. It, it was oh. almost like a child's bedroom. He worked for them at the time. Yeah, so, that's true. <laughs> Maybe she's a massive baseball fan. I doubt it. <laughs> Maybe she's just using him for his uh, Yankees connections. Uh, probably Who knows? Not. But no, I don't. I, I can't really say what she does because yeah. we only see her naked, like you know, under the covers. Yeah, basically for the whole episode. Yeah, yeah. she obviously expects good sex, and George is not meeting those requirements. And yeah, he clearly. Uh, I think she likes the knuckle. No, oh, no, she doesn't like the knuckle. No, I think. no. no one likes the knuckle. No. No. no, and he put the, he brings the swirl in too early. It's supposed to be at the end. Yes, yeah. But in the end, third time lucky, he gets it right with the counterclockwise swirl. He does, swirl. yes. But unfortunately, uh, she spots him with the crib notes. Written That's on right. His, on his <laughs> crib notes. What's that? Oh, it's a mole. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, just a bit of dirt. Well, yeah, just a bit of dirt. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think she sees George again after that, even mm. for the counterclockwise swirl. Because think about it, even if the counterclockwise swirl, because she. After they have sex, and I'm assuming she has a massive orgasm, mm. she's she's probably thinking, wow, that was the best sex, or at least the best orgasm of my life. Yeah. She was so disgusted with George's crib notes that I think she figured that I can just teach the next guy that I see how to do the counterclockwise swirl. Yeah. So, you know, she doesn't have to put up with George, even yeah. for the amazing orgasms. Yeah, exactly. And one thing that I found really interesting is Jerry knows who Nancy is. Mm. Because she says Nancy, he says to George, Nancy Clopper. That's true. Maybe they went to high school together or something. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe they've maybe, got a history together. Maybe, I reckon maybe they went to high school and maybe she's like an old, probably not a friend of George's, but maybe George ran into her and said, oh, we graduated together or something. Because ah. Jerry knows her too. Yeah. You know, unless if Jerry met her outside, but then Jerry would have dated her. So, I don't know. She was. I'm guessing, like, hypothetically, I reckon she's probably like... A classmate of theirs, okay. Because they went, you know, they went to school together and graduated. And Maybe stuff. even from college. Maybe they went from to college, college together. Yeah, as they well. did. Yeah. So I reckon she probably knows him from there. Okay. Because even Jerry's like Nancy Clopper. Yeah. It's, you know? it's funny you mention that because 
I'm just thinking when I refer to people in my past, you refer to them by school, their full name, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you know, that's right. I never just say, "Oh yeah, John from high school." No, I'll say John, John Smith. Smith. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. That's yeah, a really good pickup. Yeah. I didn't I didn't notice that. Yeah, I noticed that. I'm like, oh well, clearly Jerry knows who she is. Yeah, too. they've got some sort of personal history, probably yeah. from high school or or, or college. college. Yeah, too. yeah, nice. Yeah, cool. That's what I thought. Let's talk about uh, the clerk. At the DMV. Yes, played by Puerto Rican actress Yvette Cruz, uh, known for appearing in Ghostbusters 2, uh, Phoenix, and the TV series Grey's Anatomy. And in the show, she actually played three separate roles as three different nurses. Oh, wow. The ICU nurse, I think the other one was the area nurse, and there was some other nurse. Okay. Yeah, in three different apps. Oh, there, there you go. go. Nice. Nice, nice. Mm. Uh, she is very by the book. Oh, she sure is. Yeah. Like, She's very insistent. I handed you the arse man license. You are the arse So man. that makes you the arse man. By the state of New York, you are the arse man. That's right. So, so she sticks by the rules. There can be you know, no deviation yep. no. from the process. Too bad. I don't care. If, if you're not a proctologist, I don't care. I don't you're care. the arse man. Yep. By, by, by the state of New York, that's what you are. I think she's very devout to the processes and the bureaucracy of the DMV. I believe so too. There's I think no she's been there for a while, for a number sure. of years. Yeah. You know, she knows her stuff. And, yep. You know, there's this stereotype particularly, well, obviously DMV's American, but the Americans joke about the DMV being one of the places you don't want to go to. It's universal. Yeah, I guess know. it's like us with Vic Roads. You know, well, that's like our our transport. I think know, any system, entrenched you know, government company. department yep. that faces the public and has a customer service aspect is slow and bureaucratic yeah, and boring. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a universal concept. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, she's quite uh, uh, not emotionless, but she's just very like, um, she's quite. What's the word? Not cold, but just like she just doesn't give anything she away. She doesn't give about anything. Herself. And plus, she probably deals with so many people. And, you know, like when you go to Vic Roads, you know, when you go to similar like ones like that, whatever one that you have in your area, when you, you know, if you're listening, you know, you've got your kind of DMV like government organization. You notice a lot of them are just like not cold, but yeah, you're right, just blank. Almost robotic. Like, how are you? Good. Yeah. You know. Very transactional. Yeah. Very you know, robotic. They just want to get you in and out. You know yep. what I mean? And I think it's the same for her. Yeah. They probably hate being there as much as you do. And, you know, they probably cop a lot of abuse. Oh, yeah. You know? Yep. I paid my registration, you yep. fuckwit. You yep. know? It's like, oh, shit, not my fault. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't, no, don't kill me. No, you're the ass man. Yeah, you're I just the love ass. how I gave you the you're license the place. Ass man. So, the, yeah. by the state of New York, that's who you are. That's right. There can be no deviation from what is happening right now. Yeah, exactly. There can be no nothing. But this it worked for Kramer for a couple of weeks. For sure. Yeah. No, it, 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 it benefited everyone. He was getting a lot of ass. Um, Good for him. I picked up as well that she had a slight accent. Yeah, uh, she's, um, she's Puerto Rican. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, the actress is Puerto Rican. Yeah. So I assume Puerto yeah. Rican, Latin American. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. with a slight accent, it was very American, but there were a few words that sounded yeah. accented. Yeah, she's uh, Latin so, American. Yeah, yeah, so she probably was born in Puerto Rico or somewhere yeah. in Latin America yeah. and maybe moved as a teenager or something. So she's maybe. got a thick American accent, but she's still holding on or to maybe, some. Yeah, or maybe her parents immigrated and she yeah. was a kid or some young teenager that's or something. True. Yeah, that's yeah, true, so, that's true, that's true. Yeah. Nice. It's possible. Uh, do you have anything else about it? Uh, no. Okay, let's talk about the security guard. Uh... Do I have his acting credits? Yes, I do. He's played by Jeff Coopwood. That's right. Jeff Cooperman. Cooper, yeah. <laughs> He's got wood. The ass man with wood. That's right. Yes. He... He uh, has had quite a interesting career. So he's been a acting teacher, an acting coach, and uh, he's also lectured um, and debated in 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 lots of um, acting classes oh. uh, on the university and college circuit in oh, America. Fantastic! Yeah, so he's a bit yeah. of an acting academic, okay, yep. as well as an actor. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Um, I I mean, he's in it for one scene for ten seconds. Two things that stood out: he's very attentive because as soon as Kramer pulls up. 
And, um, you know, he realizes, oh, hang on, that's not a normal car I see every day. He's onto it. He yeah. goes, can I help you? <laughs> um, but on the flip side, he's also very gullible. So I think he's very good at his job. He's very observant. Yeah. But he's very easily fooled. Because most of the time people would go, a license plate is not, they're not credentials. No, they're not. For you to park in the, the stuff on the car park. And you think they'd have like a registered database yeah. or like a sheet of paper. Like he'd have like a notepad, like a clipboard or something with all the regos. Yeah. You know, he's like, hang on, ask man, that's not on here. Yeah. And even if he, even if there was a change to the regular people coming to the, um, to the clinic or to the office, he would probably be notified in advance. Oh, tomorrow, from tomorrow, we've got this new proctologist. He's got this license plate. You know, be on the lookout for him. Maybe he's got. Maybe it's got a lot of high staff turnover or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and also the fact that Kramer, you know, is just dressed as Kramer. <laughs> he's like big American chef. He doesn't look like any sort of doctor. No, he doesn't. No. You know, I'm surprised Kramer didn't say, you know, uh, Doctor Van Nostrand. I'm the ass man, proctology yeah, or something for, like that. You know, he used his actual full name. That's true. Doctor Cosmo Kramer. That's true. Yes. Um. Yeah. So I think he's he's good at his job, but maybe he was just taken by the ass man license plate. He kind of just forgot himself. You know. He he just, you know, he lost his focus on like, hang on, this doesn't, something's off here. This guy's not normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Uh, let's talk about Sally. Sally, yeah, she's played by... Who? Judith Shelton. That's right, yes. I don't have any credits for her again. So. Okay, so yeah. she has appeared no. in The Gregory Hines Show. Okay. Uh, Janine from Des Moines and Patty and Marina. I know none of those. No, me either. Yep. I would imagine that she knows that she's got a big butt. And, uh, yeah, I think she's probably rapped that Freddie, Freddie Mercury wrote a song about her in the yep. 70s, Fat Bottom Girls. That's right. She's pretty proud of that. Yeah, I think she uses her big butt to her advantage, but in, like, a sex-positive way. And I cannot lie. That's right. Um, and I think she is attracted to Kramer because of his, well, you know, not real, but um, supposed worship of asses based yes. on his license plate. Exactly. Yeah, I really liked it. I didn't like how she turned around and her bum was exposed and she walks out mm. and then all the other cast like gag. Not gag, but they kind of go, oof. Yeah. Like, what a big ass. Like, oh, really? Yeah. They I kind of all, I thought, no, they don't gag, but they kind of all just go, whoa, as in what a big ass. Ah. Like, That's a bit, bit harsh. A bit harsh. Yeah. I yeah, guess I mean, 90s humour. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> probably wouldn't fly these days. No, probably not. No. Do you have any other notes about any uh, other characters? No, that's it for me. How about okay. you, buddy? Well, oh, actually, Dr. Bakersall, I guess. Okay, um, yep. One thing I want to mention well, first of all, he's played by Apollo Dukakis. Mm-hmm. Um, what so a he, cool name, Apollo Dukakis. I know, I know. Jeez. That's the most Greek name ever. You've got a Greek <laughs> god and just a normal Greek last name. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I don't know if he's related to Olympia Dukakis, the old uh, Greek American actress. Maybe? I don't know. No idea. Could be um, a vague relation there. Who knows? Um, but yeah, no. I, one thing that I'd like to like I've noticed is Kramer says that he actually helped a kid from Guatemala who had no nose, but now he looks like Ricky Ricardo. Ricardo Rick- Monteres. I don't know who something it was. Like that. Something. It must be some famous Latin American singer or crooner or something. Yeah. Uh, or actor, whatever. But yeah, he uh, he clearly does a lot of pro bono work as well. I mean, you know, he doesn't just do you know, work for the money. Like, he does it for the money, but I think he's he does a lot of pro bono work. So he's got a good will. Mm. He does a lot of good will work. And I think he really cares about his patients. Like, even he after the surgery, he says to Estelle, like, he's very stern. He's like, now, Estelle, be sure you can't cry for 10 days. And he even asks if uh, someone's coming to pick her yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's very... Usually some doctors or surgeons will do the work and you never see him again. Yeah, you know? and it's if like, they oh, do give you, like, post-surgery or post-procedure They'll warnings... They'll come see you for, like, five minutes. It's just, okay. like, a scripted, yeah. like, these are the things I have to tell you yeah. so that I'm not liable for 
you know, something going wrong. Yeah. But it seems like a personal care. But I think, yeah, I think he really cares for his patients. Yeah. And the fact that he does work for, like, poor children from Guatemala as well and makes them into, like, sexy Latin American actors or singers, whatever they are. Yeah. You know, he does That's very true. Yes. So I think he's got a good heart. That's a good point. And he really cares about his patients. Indeed, indeed. So I wanted to mention that about uh, Dr. Baker. No, very good point. Mm. Uh, I just wanted to mention Putty in this episode. Oh, yes. Not only because it's his first appearance, um, and he is hilarious in the episode, but... I found him to be, and this is pretty normal when a new character comes in, you, it usually takes an episode or two for them to, for the writers and for the character and the actor to sort of fit in and yep. find their groove and nut out who they really are as a character. And, you know, from that point of view, I found him to be a bit more insecure in this episode. Okay. He's really, really cut when yep. Jerry calls him out for stealing his move. Yeah. And, you know, it affects uh, his, I guess, his sexual desire in the bedroom, or yeah. you know his yeah. performance he's yep. just off it um you know whereas later on in party he's just so not arrogant but he's just so confident he's yeah. just like no this is the way it is that's like, right you know he's so sure of himself in every situation yeah even if he's wrong or even if he's being a dickhead but yeah i just found that as an interesting character development where you know he's still pretty confident in this episode it's still basically putty but he shows a bit more vulnerability than yeah. normal. Yeah, he does. Yeah. That was kind of like Newman. You know how we mentioned, we talked about Larry David a couple of weeks ago and uh, we talked about him playing Newman. And, you know, Newman was like suicidal and, you know, you didn't see him on screen. But then when Wayne Knight came on, he still hated himself and he was nihilistic about about life. But he, I don't know, he kind of still did things. You know, yeah. he kind of functioned still. You That's know, true. In, in his kind of way. So I think you're right. I think with Putty, they were trying to still line out the bugs. But you don't get the full puttiness of like his short, Abrupt, yeah, babe. Oh, no, yeah, that's right. You he's a bit more conversational as well. Yeah, he like, is. Yeah, like he still says, like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but, you know, not as much. He's very conversational. Yeah, like yeah. the 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 puttyisms or his little idiosyncrasies aren't fully fleshed out in this episode. Mm, yeah, that's right. But yes, uh, yeah, and I again just in the context of this episode, Frank and Estelle, like I said before, they, absolutely they previously separated. Yep. Stellar performance. Oh yeah, great. Both on fire. Yeah, I yep. love the yep. opening scene with Estelle and George. Probably my favorite. When he's like, you know, you're not a divorcee. You're, you're separated. You're, you're, you're a separate. separate to a. That line you cracked can't me up. Be out there. I'm out there. You and can. there isn't enough voltage in this world to electroshock me back into reality. <laughs> back into cohesion. <laughs> back into cohesion. <laughs> if he yeah. sees his mum dating. Yeah. Oh yuck. I love how George is just trying to make conversation, and he makes a comment about how there's a lobster. Yeah. Uh, on the menu and you know he's just Who trying to who cares if they have lobster what, what are, are you, you some, a shellfish connoisseur <laughs> just everything we shouldn't have taken the TV out of the relationship yeah. everything George <laughs> says even if it's just some innocuous thing about a lobster on a menu who gives a shit yeah. she has to shoot it down yeah, yeah, yeah. no wonder he's so damaged no, I mean, no wonder I know he never gets any love or support or no or even when they're on their own you think <laughs> you think that Frank and Estelle would lighten up like because, you know, there's a lot of, even though they love each other in this really sick way, there's also a lot of hatred and animosity between them. Yeah. You think once they're out of each other's lives, they'd lighten up and they'd sort of be a lot more happy and easygoing on George. You think so, yeah. Nope. But they're still as cruel to him, even oh, when yeah. they're together. Bad. Yeah. Really bad. For sure. Maybe that's why they fell in love in the first place. They they hated everyone else as much as they hate each other. And then Frank, you know, you know, did the move on uh, on Estelle. That's true. And that's you know, the deal. Stopped short 40 years ago and they got married. That's sealed the go. deal. Indeed. That's right. That's all the secondaries, I think. Yep, indeed. Yeah, cool. Let's take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to find out where the Fusilli Jerry sits in mine and Stephen's greatest episodes of all time, and uh, if any of the secondary characters make our top 20, some Seinfeldisms, this week's Seinfeld trivia, and uh, we'll wrap up the episode straight after. Can I help you? Uh, yeah, Dr. Cosmo Kramer. 
proctology. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. Yeah, thanks. Have a good day. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. This week we're talking about the Facility Jerry, and we've just covered off all the secondaries. Uh, now, Ivan, where did the Facility Jerry appear in your uh, list of episodes we've done so far? Where uh, does it rank? I'm just going to go out there. I didn't want to say too much in, in the start. I didn't want to kind of give too much away. I kept my cards close to my chest. Mm-hmm. Number four. What? Four. Four. I, I didn't want to say too much. I, didn't want, I wanted to surprise you. I fucking love this episode. Wow. It is great. Like... Ass man Kramer, great subplot. Yep. I love how everything comes together. Like the facility Jerry is the namesake of the episode, but you don't really see it much until the end and it ties up the proctology story. I just love it. I love how it's written and I love the episodes of Seinfeld where they give less but you get a lot. You know, like the contest and, and the mango. Like there the contest is my number one and the mango is my number two. Yeah, right. So you know, I love those kind of episodes. Putty's in it. Putty's one of my faves. Yep. You know, that's always good. He was his first. He made his debut. Yeah. Great episode. Best one of season six we've done so far. Wow. I love it. I'll read my top ten, you know, while I'm here. Sure. Uh, number ten is The Pony Remark. Number nine is The Showerhead. Eight is The Hamptons. Seven, The Bizarro Jerry. Six is The Soup Nazi. Five is The Now The Puffy Shirt. Uh, four, The Facility Jerry. Three is The Outing. Two, The Mango. Number one, The Contest, which I think will stay up there for quite a while. Probably, but yeah. But yeah, I didn't want to give too much away. I wanted to <laughs> save it for you. Genuine surprise. Indeed. Number four. Wow. Four, yes. Okay. Yeah, love it. One of my favourites. Right. Yep. Well, for me, it sits at number thirty-nine. Ah, uh, okay. Not, so not a, sort of too in the middle. Okay. In the in the sort of lower half of the or the top end of the bottom half. What do you think was weak about the episode? Um, I didn't think there was any filler, but I didn't think there was any huge moments for me. Okay. It was all just like it was all just pretty good. You know, a lot of episodes, uh, especially sort of season eight and nine. The good bits are great, and the bad bits, or the less good bits, are meh, forgettable. Yeah. I thought all of this, if I had to give it out of ten, some all of the most of the episode was just seven out of ten for me. Okay. There wasn't any amazing, holy shit, this is phenomenal, and there wasn't any bad. It was just all sort of hovering above average for the whole episode. For me, like the two big things, ass, ass man, and the move. Mm. are like iconic Seinfeldisms. For sure. You know, so I was like, fuck, they're both in there. Yep. Yes. Yep. They made it for me. Yeah, yep. and I, I guess Loved because it. I didn't have many laugh-out-loud moments, there were a few yucks, a few like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you no, know, I the was o- laughing. Yeah, yeah, the opening scene made so me good. laugh a lot because yeah. I love Estelle's <laughs> just shitting on George in every situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just <clears> George's <throat> hysterical reaction to her being out there. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, not not uh, certainly not top 10 material for okay, me. Okay, fair enough. If you want to know my top 10, they'll be in the show notes. <laughs> Indeed. Do any of the secondary characters appear in your top 20 or 10? Unfortunately, no, but I will give credit to uh, Dr. Cooperman, arse man. He, he was pretty good. It was that wink. Yeah, that, that wink. That wink. He seals the deal. Yeah, he's got a great sense of humor, but no, he's not in my top 20. Yep, no. for sure. Nope. Same with me. Um, and again, if you want to see our top 10 and 20 characters, just look in the show notes. Yeah, we haven't had any new entries for a no, while. No, not for a long time. Uh, hopefully someone comes out and, uh, you know, surprises us. Yeah, like I think... some characters have. I think the, the last uh, top 10 entry for me was Jack Lompus. Yeah, yeah. I, what was mine? Jeez. I think it was Putty. Putty? Shit. And that was episode <laughs> 60, I think? That was uh, that was season three. Season three. Yeah. Shit. Okay. I, I haven't had a new top ten for like a whole season. Wow. Shit. Hmm. Crazy. Oh, well. Uh, do you have any Seinfeldisms this week? Uh, no, none. Okay. You? Yeah, I've got two, actually. Uh, so, uh, regular guest of the show, and she guessed last week, Stacey. So, this is technically hers, but I'm going to take credit for it. Yes. Um, well, I'll give half credit for her and half credit to me. So it's a it's a half a Seinfeldism. Yeah, uh, sure. she went out on the weekend, 
and she sent me a photo of her. It was a selfie in the bathroom um, of some bar she was at watching a band. Yeah. And it had a sticker for Lord of the Idiots. Oh, okay. Which is a Melbourne-based uh, Seinfeld podcast. Oh. It hasn't been active for about two years. I've mentioned it before. Yeah, I think you have on Seinfeld News or something. No, it might no, have no, been no. Seinfeldism. It was a I Seinfeldism. Yeah, I yeah, saw yeah. a sticker for them out one day. I can't remember. I think it was on a light pole. Right. Um, and I mentioned it. And I checked out a few episodes and they haven't put up anything in probably more than a year, so I'm guessing they're now defunct. So we're the number one Australian Seinfeld podcast. Number one by default. Nice. Being the only one. I love it. I think we're the only active Seinfeld podcast at the moment. In Australia? Uh, probably everywhere. Oh, yeah. No, because Seincast are finished, post-show recaps. Yep. They're all done. Yeah. Oh, there might be a couple of active ones. No. Oh, okay. I always regularly search for any, and there's none. Okay. That, unless there's some that are really obscure and they're not coming up in uh, podcast searches. I don't know. Why I don't are think we getting there's more any... listeners then? I know we are. <laughs> Who knows? No, we're getting more. We're loving it. Thank yeah, you. no, it's no, it's yes. all good. Um, yes. uh, the second one, uh, just on, I was on Facebook maybe a week ago, uh-huh. and uh, I came across a event that happened last weekend, and this is last weekend at the time of recording, so the last weekend before Christmas, um, and it was called Bench Prestivus. <laughs> So it was a charity event put on by... It was a fundraising charity event put on by a Melbourne band called Bench Press. Oh, okay. Um, and there was a whole bunch of bands that played and all the funds went to some charity. I don't know. I thought it was going to be all these roided, you know, no. gym junkies who turn up and do the, Bench com- Press, you compete know. Compete in like a feats of strength. Yeah. No, 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 no. So, oh, God. Yeah, so it was called My Bench, Bench Press of Us. Oh, okay. So I thought that was pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, do you have Seinfeld either? Yeah, I do. Uh, once the end of Seinfeld was announced, the media coverage swelled towards what might happen on the finale itself. And you did mention this a couple of weeks ago when you were in Brisbane and uh, you were young and you heard about the finale on the radio. Yeah. You were speculating what would happen. Mm. Uh, a New York Post fax poll found that two-thirds of readers, or at least those who bothered to send their thoughts through the fax machines, uh, thought the show should go on without Jerry Seinfeld as a spin-off that featured his three friends. We think it's all a trick and he'll be back, said one witness at Tom's Restaurant, voicing the sentiments of a nation. Wow. There you go. Hmm, wishful imagine, thinking. Imagine a spin-off for like George or something. It only took 20 years and they finally got a new season of Seinfeld. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you can listen to that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> if you do want to listen to that, you can subscribe on patreon.com forward slash bidwabask. Yeah, well, for now, anyway. For now. For, for now, now. For now. For now. Yes. Uh, and you can email us at bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. We're on all social media. You can listen to us on any podcast service. Uh, it would be amazing if you left us a five-star review or any review, or even if you just told a friend about us. That would be phenomenal. Yes. And uh, we have a website, com. We so, sure do, yes. So thank you for listening. Thank you so much. And I uh, hope you have a amazing end of the year. Well, for our Patreon subscribers anyway. That's true. So you'll be getting this episode on Patreon uh, this well on the twenty third of December, I believe. That, yep. that, yeah, that, no, not the twenty third. Geez, what, what's the day on Thursday? The twenty uh, seventh, twenty eighth, twenty twentieth. 20th. Yeah, that's Thursday. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. True, true, true. So true. our Patreon listeners will get this on the 20th. There's so many things happening. <laughs> I can't keep up with all the dates. Yes. We have a couple of episodes we're releasing during the Christmas New Year period. Uh, a couple of archived episodes. One of them is the Bizarro Jerry we did in Season 1. And the other is the interview that we did with Matt McCoy, who plays Lloyd Braun. Yes. Uh, way back in Season 1 of our podcast. Indeed. Uh, for everyone else, uh, you, you would have got this episode early in 2019. Uh, and then next week for you, it's going to be The Abstinence. From um, season eight. Really good episode. Mm. One I can't remember a lot about, but I do remember it being good. Yes, it is very good. Awesome. Will awesome. be my top ten again, like for Silly Jerry? Who knows? Who knows? We'll find out. We'll find out.
Ashman. I'll give him Ashman.